Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the MVM show, back for another episode. It's been a while. This has been a crazy, crazy duck hunt season. Some a little new on this episode, I believe it's episode number 46, is we are now videoing. We got the MVM show podcast YouTube channel that you guys can check out. So we got that. That's something new. Um, Kind of announcing it through. You guys listen to it on the audio I know there's not going to be a lot on the channel at first, but anyways, we got that. We're recording that, and uh, a lot of you guys voted for that. So today we got a special guest. We got Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles with us today. And uh, pardon me if if it's a little rough at first because there is a lot more things going on right now uh, with throwing the video in there. So it's a little bit different aspect I'm not used to yet. But anyways, we have a great topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it's just with both of us, all our guys, and then Jordan and them, all duck hunting. It's been really hard to link up, but now, unfortunately, that has come to an end. And (laughs) I'll let Jordan tell you some things he's got going on, too. But we're going to talk about today is the pros and cons of hunting with a dog, duck hunting with a dog. So uh, thank you, Jordan, for joining us today. Sorry it took so long to hook up. Awesome, man. I'm uh, super pumped you had me on for this topic. Um, you know, with my dog Chief, it's just uh, you know something exciting to talk about. You know, I love uh, duck hunting with my dog, so uh, definitely gonna be an exciting one. And yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and it's it's been it's pretty been pretty fun to watch all the guys from the Flyways Collective videos. But it's been it's really fun watching the guys with the dogs because you see the same challenges or different things. Maybe you learn from my mistakes, or I learn from your mistakes. Like, okay, it's like kind of like we're growing and learning together you know train dogs together at the same time it's it's good seeing that film and footage from your channel if you guys haven't check out duck gun chronicles on youtube and he's also got a duck gun podcast and they're growing crazy fast like they're way up there we're just the low man on the totem pole but appreciate jordan and elliot for helping us out kind of pushing our our podcast too it's really helped it grow but um you want to give us your kind of your platforms, Jordan, real quick before we get going. Kind of like to do that at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, sure. Like you said, uh, kind of the thing I've got started with was YouTube and um, filming my duck hunts on my YouTube channel, Duck Gun Chronicles, and it's Indiana-based. Um, you know, with I do a little bit of traveling to Michigan as well as Kansas this year. had a lot of fun doing a little bit of traveling um, on that as well as um, Duck Gun Chronicles on Instagram and Facebook. And then our Facebook group is Fellowship of the Duck Gun. And podcast is Duck Gun Podcast. And uh, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, he is my 
co-host and partner Graham on that one. Right on. Perfect. Well, let's just get into it. You know, let me ask you this first, Jordan, before we get into the pros and cons. And we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, I think we'll just go ahead and maybe start with the cons just to get those out of the way. But, um, <laughs> do you by any chance track Chiefs retrieves or is it just kind of too much work, extra work? It's not too much extra work. Honestly, I thought about it and I, I hadn't started. Like, I, it's not a thing I realized people did um, when I first started with them. And I know you've been tracking it with Rocky, and I'm a little jealous that I don't have the numbers um, <laughs> for Chief. Um, you know, we got some some really good hunts this year, and I know he's retrieved a lot. But I, I do re- wish I had started, and maybe I will on my next dog. But no, I don't. I don't keep his uh, retrieves per hunt. But one stat I did keep this year is he's retrieved three bands. So <laughs> that's that's a pretty that's sweet, sweet stat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take sure. that stat any day. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I don't no, I don't think Rocky retrieved any bands this year. I don't know if we really took that many I mean the you know the people that we were associated with. You know, what Johnny got one? Yeah. Early in the you guys got one? Yeah. So yeah, not this year. Last year he did one, but that was it. But that's that's a cool stat. Yeah, I think Rocky, if he gets to go on the junior hunt, he'll sit around like 235 retrieves. Or he's at 235 right now, which our season's over. It was actually over today, which is an extended season from what it's used to always be. But none of the refuges are open. But if he gets to go on the junior hunt, I know he could probably get 14 or 21 retrieves, depending on how many people go. But anyways, how old is Rocky? he is he turned two in November, so he's okay. two in a couple months. Cool. So yeah. Cool. That was just for this season, so I know it's funny because some guys shoot a couple hundred birds a season, you know, but it is what it is. That's that's where we're at in this game, but anyways, yeah. um, let's just let you start. What would be one of your uh, cons, so to speak, and guys listening, it's not necessarily that these things are bad things. It's just letting people know if you don't have a duck dog or something like that, you got to realize these, if you don't know, these are part of the the price you got to pay to have, you know, a dog to hunt with you. Yeah. And I, um, yeah. So starting with the cons and I hate kind of starting with this one necessarily. Cause I don't want to like, uh, put it in a bad light, but one thing that's my biggest pet peeve for cons and it's not even on the dog. It's, it's, a, it's around the people, um, that you interact with and the people that you might hunt with. Um, but everybody is a pro dog trainer. And- oh yeah. <laughs> So you get all the unwanted advice, um, criticism, and there, and there's a little bit of pressure too for your dog to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so and you know some people you don't have to worry about that that with, and some people you do. I'll say that's a little bit of a con, um, especially when you have a dog that um, might have some issues you're working through. And if you're a dog trainer at all, um, or you hunt with a hunting dog, you train them yourself, anything like that, you're gonna have stuff you have to work through. Unless I mean you're a pro trainer. Yeah. I never thought about that before, but I can't lie on a few hunts. I've been a little, I've been a little bit nervous because, you know, everyone's watching your dog on YouTube and like, man, that's a good dog. And, you know, if I hunt and then you finally hunt with these people, you're like, you know, is he going to act like a knucklehead today or is he going to do what I say? You know, so there is pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it's, it's a little bit hard for the dog owner trainer to like enjoy you know, for it's not that you can't enjoy it, but you're like, I guess you're a little bit more focused on working the dog instead of shooting the birds, you know? Have yeah. either of you had an instance where, like, you know, I don't even know how this affects me, not having a duck dog myself, but uh, 
you know, someone else giving your dog a command or something like that. You know, uh, when, when you've trained them and, you know, you know what you want them to do and then they're sitting in something else and trying to get them to do something different oh, yeah. than what you guys are doing. I'm sure that could be, you know, somewhat of a, of a con <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> I've had where uh, people, like my dog's coming to me, he's got the burden in his mouth and they're like, come here, come here, come here. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he's bringing him to me. <laughs> There's no band on this one. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, someone, you hand him their bird, he's like, hey, his leg's missing. <laughs> one leg. <laughs> Jordan's got a little snips in there and a little pruning like, shears. What's in your mouth, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Funny, but not funny. That's how that, that happened to me before. No way. <laughs> Yeah, with someone else's dog and somewhere else. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I I guess I haven't seen that for myself too much. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't, at first I didn't want no one, him taking it to no one else, even though maybe it was the bird they shot. But then I think it might cause a little confusion for him. So then I just completely stopped that and said, you know what, just just let him bring it to me, you know, because I'll throw it to you, I'll toss it to you, whatever, you know. Cause it's funny, Rocky will come back. I've have a, have it on several videos where he's having to walk by Thomas or Travis or whatever, and he got, he starts tucking his head a little bit, like <laughs> and they're like, "Here, just you know, leave, leave." And he's like, uh, "I'm gonna get in trouble if I give this to you. I'm gonna keep going." So, yeah, it's my precious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when one one of my cons was was more gear. And, you know, when you take a dog, and it's not like it's a ton more gear, but it's just that one extra thing, you know, that, like, kind of throws your cart off. You know, you got I'm used to packing it this way, and now you got this dog stand. Because I start, I bought that Invisalab a couple months ago, and and the dog stand, it's not really any bigger than a regular dog stand. It's just the fact that you got to add that in there, and we'd push our cart a lot and stuff, and... But other than the dog stand or say a ground blind, depending on what you're hunting, and then an e collar and the and the the remote, I mean it's not a lot more. But if I was to say there was a con, I would say you know you just got to have more gear. Yeah, and that that can be considered a can can be considered a pro or a con because some people really like gear. I mean, when I got a, I just got cheap uh, another uh, vest, um, and kind of funny story with that, I got him the largest one band it had triple XL and it barely fits. <laughs> Uh, Rock, yeah, Rocky is a 4XL I bought from yeah. from Tangle Free. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, Chief's probably similar size then. Yeah. But, Chief's uh, bigger. I, right. I think Chief was bigger than Rocky. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Remember, don't yeah. you think he was thicker? Not necessarily way more, but he was thicker. Big chest. Yeah. yeah. Big head. Yeah. They're definitely pretty similar in size, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. 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 You didn't even uh, have to use a dog vest sister, did you? I know. Just California yeah, never got cold enough. enough. Yeah. I use it there on the hunt with those guys, man. Rocky said, no, nah, I ain't going through ice, man. I'm done. Oh, yeah. Was... yeah. But it, it's cool when you get the gear for your dog. Even if yeah. like, we both have the Invisalab and dog vest. So I enjoy getting the gear for my dog. Even, I don't know, I'm a little bit of a gearhead, I guess. So it yeah. was a pro and a con. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, to kind of add on to yours, are you ready to go to the next point? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so it's... uh. I would have the next con is you always got to worry about the dog's concealment. Like you said, the Invisalab. That's a good one. Uh, and I know you guys, a lot of, of your hunting in the, the refuges where you sit in kind of those, I don't know what they call it. It's, it's almost like a pit, but it's like a barrel. Mm-hmm. And you just have your dog sit up there with mm-hmm. you. Um, but when we field hunt, you got to bring out the Invisalab. Um, 
when I'm on the boat, I got to worry about his concealment, all that kind of stuff. So it's just an extra thing to think about. And really at the end of the day, um, the, the pros are still going to outweigh the con of that, but that's just something you have to think about. Yeah. I, honestly, I didn't even have that one down, but that's a, that that was, a, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Cause to be honest with you, I, it's probably not as bad with you having a chocolate lab, but Rocky being black and us being in tan toolies, you know, in the marsh, oh, he yeah. sticks out like a sore thumb, honestly. Like <laughs> now one thing he doesn't stick out on was um, like if we're doing in the pits, like you said, and the ground's all pretty much black mud, dark mud for about the first two hours in the morning, it has no effect. Like literally it's like the birds don't see him, but once the mm. sun comes up and it's shine off his coat, that was one thing Travis mentioned Then it was like, okay, they're flaring off him big time. Yeah. And what I told Tyus, you know, ducks, they're, they're, they're prey. They're not the predator. And, you know, I'm sure that everything in the, that's out there is trying to eat them at some point in time. So, you know, a dog may resemble a, a coyote or something mm-hmm. else, and then they're like, "Hey, we're not yeah. we're not going down there." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can see how some would be a, could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's actually one of the biggest things. And me and Thomas had talked about that at the end of the last season. We're like, "Dude, he's he's flaring birds!" Like, because he was just sitting on a wide open stand. And then I actually I was glad when I hunted with you to actually see that that Invisalab in person because then I thought, well. As big as Chief is, I mean, he fits in that thing. Oops, he fits in that thing, no problem, um, no issue there. And he's a big dog too, so it was kind of nice. And I think you guys, when you went to the bank, Rocky jumped in there. Remember, I was by myself for just a minute, not very long, because you guys were making some soup or something. And uh, he went right in there, and I was like, well, he sits in there and pokes his head out. I mean, and I can brush that thing up. So that was that was a big big help. Yeah. Sure. No, anybody that hunts with a dog, I always, that's like, I mean, in my opinion, almost 90% of people need an e-collar mm-hmm. unless you're training without, then you need um, uh, Invisalab. I mean, it's just so versatile and you use it and I mean, you can use it in almost every scenario. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. That's, that's a really good one, actually. It's actually more help and it's, it's considered a con, but like you said, it's really a help just to, for people yeah. to know that. But uh, uh, my next one was uh, – I actually, let me go back. I never ended up finishing up on the gear thing, the fact that you also got the crate, the dog crate or the kennel in the back, and that takes up a lot of room because, like you said, we like to take a lot of gear. And sometimes it's like, you know, Thomas has been like, man, this thinking gunner kennel wasn't so big. I'm like, hey, losing birds or getting your own birds or taking dog crate. And it is, I agree with them, you know, like getting our carts and stuff in there. It causes it. it it's a big, it's yeah. a big kennel. And then you went to the bigger sled. This Yeah. And then we went to the bigger sled. Yeah. So it, my truck's definitely max capacity. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, that's something else to think about. So jump back yeah. there a little bit. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. My next con was, is you only get about eight to nine years max good good hunting out of them, which is more of a sad thing, because it's like I think now that I think our dogs reach their full potential. I mean, I think they're always learning, but now that they're hitting that two and three mark, they're pretty much dialed in. Dialed. I mean, I feel like they're getting really dialed. I know there's little things you can hone and get better and. You know, I know one thing with my hand signals, you know, he's not turning back the right way. With It's just kind of a lucky if he does. And I worked on that a lot, too, but that that's really tough to get that dog dialed into that. And 
you know, you get to that point where now you're fully trained. Now by that time, but that's what I've heard a lot of guys say, even Chris Aiken. Right when you get them where you want them, now they're getting gray hairs and they're getting old and arthritis and this and that. So it's kind of a, I mean, you got to enjoy it while you can because before you know it, eight years goes up like that, you know. Yeah, and duck season is yeah. such a short period of time in the yeah. life of a dog. You yeah. Know? And so. Mm, yeah, you're getting me all emotional thinking about it. <laughs> Seriously, dude. No, I, when Elliot was talking about some of the stuff he was talking about with, with Izzy, I'm like, dude, that, that's like a tearjerker, dude. Yeah. Have you ever oh, watched yeah. any of those videos they do on their yeah. last hunt? And all yeah, like, well, there's that one while back on Facebook ball, where dude. that guy's, I don't know if you've seen it, like a narrative was like the dog, he was carrying it back to the blind. It was like its last retrieve. Yeah. It was like, it becomes a member of your family, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, they're a companion. You know, yeah. They're like one of your buddies. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. I don't I don't know when I can see how that, that bond develops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the next one I had um, was, um, and it kind of goes in line with what you're saying about limiting space, but in a different way. Um, a lot of my hunts, especially early on with Chief, um, we did a lot of canoe hunts. And so um, it does limit the amount of gear you have out there. Yeah. So getting getting your dog in the canoe with you, you might have to, you know, uh, take a bag, less decoys. And same thing with the boat. Like I got a, this year I bought a 16-foot John boat. And, um, again, like you got to be aware of your weight capacities. And, I mean, my dog weighs 100 pounds. So it's pretty close to, um, you know, pretty close on the weight capacity, a dog versus another person or another bag of decoys. So you got to be aware um, which way you're going as far as, you know, you got your, your decoys in there and your all your gear and then your dog as well. So it's like it, it, he just ends up taking up some space and you got to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> when we got those kayaks – this year, that was the the only bump, the downside of it. I think the weight limit was three fifty, and uh, Rocky being basically almost hundred pounds, me being two twenty, we're already three three twenty. You know, right there, boom, can't hardly take but a couple decoys and your shotgun. So I was like, ah, I mean, I know they make deco- or kayaks out there that hold a lot more weight, but you know, it's kind of like ah, this one for the for this specific kayak, it just was. That's kind of what happened with that deal. Is just I couldn't take them. You know, we were creeping. You guys, like you said, were you using the old town when you were going out there? Um, yeah, no, I, I used the old town, and I have a reg, like a regular uh, fourteen foot canoe as well. And so when I started using canoes for hunting, I had the fourteen foot canoe, and he'd sit right in the middle. Um, but what I do with the old town to make that actually work is I, I pull a sled behind it, because mm. um, he'll sit he'll sit right behind me, um, in that little area behind me. And he, I mean, like you said, we're pretty close to weight capacity. I throw just kind of like my regular gear in there, like my gun, my blind bag, and maybe put like a motion decoy spreader on my legs. And then, um, you know, if I want to grab another extra dozen or two decoys, um, I'll throw them in that sled and then I can go out wherever I want. A sled really doesn't slow you down in a canoe as long as you, you just, the only thing you got to worry about is your weight distribution. If you have it too far in the, in the front, you're going to drag a lot, but if you put it in the back, it kind of. You know, just like a boat, so. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything down to that, Travis? No, I was just thinking, Jordan, what do you what do you mostly hunt? Are you hunting, uh, like, rivers, sloughs, um, uh, lakes yeah, when, when, when you're the, doing that? When I use the canoe, I mean, I, I do hunt lakes and I hunt rivers uh, mm-hmm. that way for the most part. Hmm. 
All right. Do you have? I don't have any more cons. It's not like we had a ton, but uh, do you have any more on top of that? Yeah, I, I guess I have two more. Okay. I'll make them. I'll make them short. Uh, but uh, you know, one is it's kind of simple. It's just uh, I mean, you're gonna have to buy dog food and, and yeah. vet visits yeah. and um, supplement. Yeah, add anything like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. n- nothing major. It's just part of I having mean, a dog. Part of having a dog. Yeah. yeah. Keeping up on their maintenance and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And the the other one I had is just if you if you're um trained and you have any issues that you're working through that might be frustrating, <laughs> especially with a younger dog, mm-hmm. um you know, just throw that in there. Time. Yeah. Time's yep. a time can be Actually I thought I did write that down, but I guess I didn't because it's that's a it's because <clears throat> I always was saying on the videos when I was training Rocky that I wasn't I wasn't trying to be an instructional video, but I was showing how I was training and I guess like Elliot, I heard Elliot say it too. It's like it's hard not to sound like you're trying to teach people how to train because I'm not a trainer, so I'm not trying to do yeah. that. I'm just trying to reiterate yeah. what I was told or heard or watched. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that Chris Taken always said, and I always said the same thing, and really that's all the time I would take, honest to God, was five to ten minutes a day and not all, every day. Like if I got really busy in the summer, it'd be, it might be five to ten minutes every three or four days. I mean, yeah, we may have, our progression may have been slower than it would be at a kennel. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, by the time duck season rolled around, he was pretty much ready, except for the fact he needed the experience in the pond. You know, you can only go so far out on training grounds, you know? Yeah. I think it was a yeah, great only, Go ahead, Jordan. There's only so much, like, one thing I was working on with Chief, which, uh, I mean, it's not, it's kind of almost like, it feels like some of these things you work on is almost like, like black magic or witchcraft or something mm-hmm. like, but trying to like, you know, get, uh, increases drive. And there's only so much you can do with a bumper, right. Right. Uh, for drive. But as soon as he sees a bird flapping in the water, like you said, the experience of actually being out there actually hunting, I mean, nothing turns a dog on more than, you know, going after a cripple. Mm-hmm. Natural instinct. with them, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Now what I was going to say, um, you, you know, discussing how the training you weren't, actually trying to do a how-to video how to train but it was a great example of how you shown that you know just with a limited amount of time that it's something that can be done you know so i thought that was that was really cool yeah anybody yeah you just take the time and literally anybody can and i'm honestly i'm not a patient person yeah that's what that's what i was thinking you know when we discussed this subject coming over Mm -hmm. i was like that's one of the things Tyus was never really a dog person you know Mm -hmm. um but it's like with rocky it's like you see that connection, that click, and it was just mm. it's really cool to see. Yeah. It's probably fun for someone close friends to see that that Yeah, just too. his development. Because we hunt together so yeah. much, right? So you've seen from day one all the way. Yeah, from a puppy, you know, and to now and I'm kind of bragging. <laughs> I'm bragging on Rocky right now. I was wondering if it was gonna last. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Just, no, you know, based be upon honest, yeah. you know, previous things, mm-hmm. you know, did did you have the patience for it? You know, um, yeah. you know, was it was gonna work out, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure if you got to a certain point, I'm sure there was frustrations, you oh. know, things that you you were like, you know, is this worth it? But now, after putting that that time and effort in, you know, it's it's paying off in in big dividends. Honestly, God, I never questioned if it was going to be worth it. Cause I really believed in my heart, and that might have been what helped me. Is I truly believed in my heart that I can I could train him because the way Chris just ma- laid it out, I really felt he made it so simple. And I'm like, I can do that. I like I. I've got to be able to do like surely, you know, if I do what he says to do, it shouldn't. I mean, he may not win no competitions, but 
He'll do what I honestly. I had no intentions of doing hand signals with him. None. But now then that I, you've done it, I mean, it's I really mean, cool. we're, how were you, Jordan, with that? Were you were you even planning on doing that? Um, I, yeah, I didn't have any plan, honestly, going into it. And now so. you now you're doing them too. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. So and how and I thought this was this is an incredible tool. <laughs> like hand signals. If you're gonna train a dog, you might as well train and do hand signals. I mean, my goodness, it is so valuable. It's like having a remote control. <laughs> I mean, it don't always work perfectly like, like that. Don't take me wrong, yeah. but I mean, you've seen that. You know, you see the the mistakes I make or he makes or whatever. But it's it's huge. But you know, what I'm, I'm really interested <laughs> in seeing from the progression from you know how much he improved this year over last oh, year yeah. and what the next year is going to be like. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be more even more dialed in. Yeah, it seems like they they learn in a sense they get smarter, even though they're not always doing that it's like they, they have yeah. a tendency to get smarter with certain things yeah all right let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and move on to uh the pros this is the fun part so i'll let you go first jordan okay yeah uh first pro i got is um and i, and I don't know who said this originally i've heard it a few times but dogs are the number one conservation tool mm-hmm. um i mean i've lost track of, of the birds just this season that we wouldn't have got without Chief. We wouldn't have been able to retrieve. We wouldn't have been able to track down. I mean, um, just the natural instinct the dog has. And I know some dogs are better at it than other, but it's just amazing. It amazes me um, watching a dog when they work trail and they can find it. You know, you can see if you have a dog yourself, I mean, you just watch their body language and you can see as soon as they get on that trail and um, I mean, he's tracked so many birds down this year. So I'd say the biggest pro for me is that, I mean, they just always find the bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, prime, yeah. prime example is when we were in Washington and uh, wow. those two mallards came in and I think you, was you that dropped the one and then Talon dropped the other one and Talon's bird kind of sailed and hit the water. And that little joker, mm-hmm. I mean, he took off for the bank and the bank was what, a hundred, I'd say a hundred yards away. Mm-hmm. And he got over on the bank and I was, and I was watching him. Gets up there and he just heads for the this thickest, tallest stuff you could imagine. And any any other time, we would have lost that bird. Oh, that man. bird would have been gone. And I I hollered at town to get Rocky over there, and he, he went along, and you could just see him going along. And said, "Bam!" He just locked up his nose. Um, he went into that really tall stuff. I don't know. That stuff was probably what twelve mm-hmm. foot tall. Mm-hmm. And um, you could hear, hear that stuff just rustle around in there. And it wasn't about a few seconds. He just came out with that bird in his mouth, and it was just like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, that that was the coolest thing. That was. And then earlier in the season, uh, my daughter and I went out, and um, we had a couple of mallards come in, and these things were only probably about twenty yards away, and I doubled. I mean, you know, their head flops back on their neck. I go over there and I'm looking, looking, looking. Thirty minutes later, and I cannot find those birds anywhere. And it wasn't a huge tulip patch, but it was thick. And I looked and looked and couldn't find those birds. And I was like, man, where's 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 Rocky when I need him? <laughs> you know, it would have been. It's like you would. <laughs> I told my daughter, I "Go, I gotta get a dog. I gotta get a dog because, like you said, George, it's a, it's a huge conservation tool." And I've lost so many, so many birds over the years. You know, mm-hmm. and I always think when when a mallard drops and and I can't find him when I'm by myself, it's like, I bet you that thing was banded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guaranteed. No, I I agree. Like it, it's mind blowing that they can find the dogs, the the ducks, and the stuff that they find them in. It really is. It's it's like there's no way. Like. And what I noticed too is Rocky's nose didn't come in the first year like it did the second. The second it was when like whoa, like that dude it can. I mean that one video he he was 
jumping and falling on the toolies. They were so thick and so heavy. He was like lunging in it because he smelled it. Yeah. Which created that drive. And then he'd crawl through it and just throw his body into it again until he come out that gadwall all the way. I, dude, there's no way. Yeah. Like there, like you said, Jordan, how many? I should have kept track of how many birds we would have lost, lost without him. Yeah. You know that one, like two with with that right there. Um, you see a bird go down and you think, okay, he's right there. And then the dog gets in and starts working out, mm. and then he pops out way over here with the bird. Yeah, there's no way you would have found that bird. No, because you're thinking not in a hundred years. Yeah, because yeah. you're going the totally opposite direction or in the wrong place. Yeah, and their nose is just amazing. Yeah, it's it's uh, you're right, and that was one of my pros that I had is just not losing birds or like you said conservation because there's nothing more sickening. I heard some crazy numbers of how many birds are wounded and shot every year that are lost that people don't retrieve. It's astronomical. Like. And actually, if it was put out there publicly, it'd make hunters look pretty bad because, I mean, not that we want that to happen or like it, but it's just part of that hunt. It just, it does happen, you know? So part of that too is probably people shooting too far and sailing them or this or that, you know, if they're 20 yards from you or 30 yards and you make a good shot, but. Yeah. But how many times have you, have you dropped the bird close I've seen and it's not totally too. dead? You know what I'm saying? Right. That thing takes off for the Thule's. And I don't care if you're an athlete, running across a pond with waders on is not an easy <laughs> thing. And when you're out of shape like I am, it's even worse. So yeah, and they get those tulies in and those those things can hide, man. Yeah. You just see like you know, like they, you had that one that mallard that dove down and grabbed a hold of that yep. that thing this year. Mm-hmm. You know? Got it on film. Yeah. Someone's like, if you don't know that ducks do that, you haven't been hunting very long. I said, No, no. I've been seeing that for twenty years. <laughs> yeah. It's the fact that I caught it on film. Because yeah. some people don't believe that they do that. I'm like, they commit suicide. They literally go under the water, hold on to a branch, and they don't come back up. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had that happen? Yeah. I've had that where uh, I've seen Chief um, pull the bird out, and he's playing tug of war with the bird. Because <laughs> it's clamped on, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. All right, why don't you go ahead and take the next one, too, since we kind of have the same thing. Okay. Um, yeah, just, I'd say the next thing I got is, uh, the joy of just watching your dog work. Um, there's so much joy in that, especially when you put the, in, in the, the investment and time into it. Um, it's something that like, if you don't have a dog, you might not understand like how right. much enjoyment and excitement you get. It's almost like, and it's probably not at the same level, but watching your kid kind of, um, in some type of event, but like mm-hmm. your dog's out there and, um, and I don't know if this is a good thing or bad, but we've had so many cripples this year that Chief's been hot on its heels, and you get to watch my dog just, you know, run in full blast like a freight train at a goose or, or a duck that um, is crippled on the water but still pretty lively. Um, and everybody in the blind's like, get him, get him. Yeah, right. right. Or, you have, like, <laughs> or you have the duck that keeps diving and popping up, and the dog's doing circles, and and finally, the dog grabs them, and everyone's like, "Ah!" It just, <laughs> it just brings a whole level of excitement that you don't have. If, you know, if you're the one out there chasing the bird, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> you know, you're like, "Damn, it, the bird!" But when you get to see your dog rocking along after it, five just, shells later, too. You know how many oh, shells yeah. do you shoot chasing yeah. birds yeah. around? Oh yeah, it's fun. Like you said, everybody's like, "Get him, get him, get him!" And that's pretty fun. <laughs> I think it gets the dog kind of spun up too, like yeah, gets a little more aggressive. Too. Yeah, yeah, so. like that Washington trip. I mean, some of those retrieves that Rocky did. What? I mean, a long ways out there. I'm like, yeah. I would have probably gave up, you know, because there's no way I could 
go that far. Well, one thing I wanted to say about that is, and this isn't really necessarily a pro or a con, but a lesson learned since we're talking about dogs. I'll throw this in there. One thing I learned this year, and it really wasn't until about a month ago, and it takes certain scenarios to learn certain lessons, was before I let him go, I want to almost make sure he's dead before the bird's dead, before I let go in case the bird needs another shot. Because I know you can't always do that, and some people say, well, a dog's for that, to chase them. But sometimes those cripples have the advantage because maybe the water's over the dog's head and they're swimming. Those ducks can scoot across that water a lot faster than a dog can swim. And then you, you might get yourself in a situation where your dog's in trouble, like why, yeah. where they're so far out there, they don't want to give up. They might drown out there because they're, you know, yeah. So that's something to... And a couple of those, he was so far away, it's like, can he even hear you? No, I, I knew he couldn't hear me. Yeah. There's no way. <clears throat> so that was just something to think about and a lesson learned that I never... This year, I'm a little bit more like, okay, is he dead? Is he dead? Yeah. Or, you know, is he not hurt so bad he can just chase him all around Timbuktu? But <laughs> just something to add in there. But yeah, um, that again, that was, uh, I was going to say, exciting to watch them work. But let me backtrack... You said it, conservation tool, not losing birds. That one pro outweighs all those cons we just named off earlier. It really does. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. does. Yeah. So it's definitely. like, okay, maybe we have a few more cons. Maybe not. I don't know how many you have, Jordan, but the fact of that right there already outweighs it all. Because, yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing for duck hunters, not losing birds, you know. So. Yep. I guess I'll let you take the next one too. You're pretty much hitting mine right on the head. So. <laughs> um, well, I'll say, uh, you know, one thing that's nice about it, um, you don't you don't have to leave the blind to get the birds, and that's kind of one of my goals with my training. And it goes to back to the hand signals and the whistle and all that, and the and working the dog knowing how to work the scent and all that. But you don't actually have to leave your blind when you send your dog out and retrieve. Um, and you get right back into the action a lot quicker that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I mean, cause there's times early morning where your, your best time of the day, um, and this generally is the case, best time of the day is that, that early morning flight. And if you're spending half of that, um, out of the blind, you're just going to lose out on opportunities. So, yeah. um, you don't have to leave the blind and a big one is you don't have to fire up the boat. And if mm-hmm. you're boat run at all, um, especially if you're setting up, um, brushing it in, getting it all set up. Um, if you have to, you know, semi tear down, fire up the boat and head out after uh, a cripple, I mean, you're talking some major time and some, it's going to be major time that's cutting into your primary and prime uh, hunting time in the morning. That's a good one. That's a really yeah. good one. Yeah. And-, and kind of to add on to that, um, you know, you guys are going to love this story too. It's like uh, last week, um, last weekend I went out with chief, or maybe it was two weekends ago now. Yeah, two weekends ago. Um, <laughs> and we're hunting on the edge of this river. So it's got a river and then another channel that comes into the river. And we hunt right off the river. But a lot of the birds that we shoot are right over the water in the river. And so, I mean, that's a swift current. And um, a lot of times when we hunt there, especially in the past without a dog, when we hunt there, if you shoot a bird in the current, you're firing, firing up the boat and heading after it. And uh, me and Hunter went out there, and we shot our two-man limit of six birds. And I'm going to say all of them but one, no, all of them but two were in the current. And Chief retrieved every single one of them. We actually had a triple in the current where he was able to get out there, get back to me, grab another one, get back to me, and then go out again. And he, he chased the bird down in the current 
um, came up uh, downstream of us and then brought it back through the brush all the way to us. Um, so we didn't have to start up the boat. Didn't we, I had to get out of the blind, you know, to help him um, get all those a little bit quicker, but he brought every single one of them back to me and it's just, you know, pays dividends right there to have mm. a dog. I have to worry about getting out, getting the boat. Cause that's just a big hassle and you're, and you're taking a lot of time doing it. Yeah. That's a good one. <clears throat> Definitely a good one. I, I does, and that's nice hearing from somebody else like you that uses a boat or a cock or whatever that way because we don't think about that because we don't do that a lot. So we don't think that's a huge, another huge advantage for yeah, people. Yeah. Probably more people than not, actually, because California yeah. is just such a different system. I know people use the Delta and stuff, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. What we use it, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My, my next one was um, I put, I just put down a companion or a hunting buddy, and you know, I've done several solo hunts. I would say I hunt with someone more than not, but I've done several solo hunts and hunting with a dog as a buddy. And just like you said, building that relationship, Travis, like you said earlier, is different because like I'm, I had dogs growing up and then I did have one dog as an adult that was separate before Rocky. was not a hunting dog. It was a Queensland healer. Really smart dog. Dog went with me to work, went with me everywhere, but he obviously didn't hunt. Had a good relationship with that dog. But... This is just a whole nother scenario. Like, I don't not I'm not just using him, and I know you're not. And I think most majority of the people aren't using it as just because they're lazy and they don't want to go pick their ducks up. It's more like <laughs> it's a buddy. It's you're. It's a another hunting buddy in the blind, and he's eating the snacks with you, and he's <laughs> drinking you know, Mountain Dew, drinking the Mountain Dew with <laughs> us, like Rocky. <laughs> and you know, he's just part of the team, and it's just like I think everybody will get a little emotional. When Rocky's final days are come, because we've spent so many years, you know, yeah. hunting together, you know, it could get, I could see how it affects everybody in the blind as much as we're hunting together constantly. And just, he knows like, and I, I think pretty much most dogs do, because I've had lots of people tell me this. When I'm going out in the garage, I can go out there and just do something that has nothing to do with that kind. He won't react. He won't even, he'll be laying down and just look at me. When I go touch one thing that has to do with duck hunting, <laughs> one decoy, one he literally jumps up, spins in circles, jumps up and down, and he knows. Yeah. Like, he knows we're going duck hunting. Like, he's jacked. I think what's you know? cool is, like, you and Jordan, you know, capturing your hunts on film. You know, yeah. There's going to be a time when you look back and you can mm-hmm. cherish those moments, you know, many years down the road when, you're, when the dogs aren't there anymore. You know, you can look back on that mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you preserve that memory in a way that, most people don't, right? You know, they have photos and stuff like that, and you have those images in your mind. But I mean, you can it's like an old rerun of a good movie. Just keep yeah. watching it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Uh, um, I'd kind of be interested to hear. Is there like one? And I know there's there's one for cheap. Is there one item in particular when you grab it that? Um, and I'll be interested if it's the same one or not. But when you get it, that really fires up Rocky and knows you're going hunting. Mm, probably not necessarily because all my duck hunting stuff's in my garage and it's all in one corner. So as soon as I work, walk over there and like unzip the decoy bag or something like that, that's when he knows. Like that's, it's not necessarily a certain item only because it's all grouped together. So do you, you pack up the morning you go out or you pack up the night before? Like the night before. Yeah. Okay. So I pack up the night before and he might get like a little excited, but when he gets real excited, 
Because he knows as soon as I, I'm holding his e-collar in my hand, he comes running over to me and, you know, sits right there, right in front of me. Waiting for me to put it on, that's cool. I can all excited. So that's, that's his one thing. When I have that e-collar, he knows I'm putting it on and he's jumping in the, the dog box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he knows, too. It's funny because sometimes if I open the garage door and Rocky's running out on the front yard marking everything, he'll, like, sometimes not listen, really, because he's like, I'm busy marking stuff. But when we're going <laughs> duck hunting, I drop the tailgate, open the crate, Kennel, you know, he just, he's in. Like, he's, let's go, yeah. let's do it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the hunt, too, he's jumping in there like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what else do you got? You got any more, Jordan? Uh, yeah, kind of the hit on the, the training aspect, aspect. And I know some people maybe with the time, and it can be like a pro or con, but the training, um, you know, I'll say the pro to that is it, it really does extend your hunting season in a way. And I know you're not hunting, but it's still something that's related to it and you get to go out there with your dog and do all the work. And for me, you know, um, I look forward to that doing his training through the off season. Yep. It is a blast. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I, it, it gets, how's your summers as far as temperature wise? It does. It, it gets too hot. Yeah, for sure. So I always, my, my big thing is I, I make time before work, mm. you know, it's bright enough that I can, go out there and i don't know what time you start work that might be a hurdle for some people but mm-hmm. um you know i can get in as late as 8 15 8 30 and they're not too concerned oh, yeah. um so that gives me plenty of time um i mean it's getting bright by six o'clock at least so um and you it's even better the the, the earlier you can do it because you don't have to worry about um the temperature as much yeah yeah, you're, so you're in Indiana. What is kind of an average middle hottest part of the day temperature for you out there? Um, Yeah, I guess it's not going to be as hot as California. No, I'm just curious, though. It doesn't, either way, it doesn't matter because I know 70 can be, 75 can be too hot. Humidity, too. Yeah, so. humidity. You guys got <laughs> yeah. high humidity, don't you? Uh, Yeah, we do have high humidity, but I would say kind of with, with the temperature, I'm thinking kind of the the highs through the summer. I mean, they could get up to the 90s, but on yeah. average, I'll say right around 80. Yeah. Now, what, and that's the thing, like you said, I just do the same thing because it really, it will stay, I've seen it 95 at 10 o'clock at night here. So it, it holds. But if you get out there in the morning, like you said, then yeah. it, it's fine. Because like I, you know, if it's 70 degrees, 65 at, you know, six o'clock, that's, that's perfect for me. But I kind of almost wonder if I may have, he may have got heat exhaustion once or twice and not that it was even hot, but it's just, I don't know. He seems to pant hard real easy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know if it's cause he's bigger or you know what, but it's like, ah, man, I hope I didn't get him that. Cause I know once they have it like people, you know, they get it easily after that. So mm-hmm. he just don't, we do as much as we can. Like you said, one thing I do a lot too. Now I, there's a canal where I train him. I have him hop in, do a couple water retrieves in there. Gets soaking wet. He's got all that water on him now, and then we start doing work in it. I think that's helped him a lot. Keep him cooler. Yeah. So, any more any more uh, pros that you got? Um, let me double check. Um, no, I think that yeah, that covers everything I had wrote down. Cool. Ah, right, you know what could be another one? What off season? He's almost a watchdog. You know, the way you keep them. That is a pro. You know what I'm saying? That's, oh, no, that's, Rocky that's, is that's a watchdog. That's a pro. You, you, yeah. you, you relayed that about your uh, 
Who is it? Your gardener or someone like that? My, yeah, yeah. The the mailman don't have a dude. He couldn't sneak up if he wanted to. I don't know how Rocky. It's like his mind knows the time when the mailman's coming in. What's so funny is he loved the mailman when he was a puppy. It's the same guy. He hates him now. The the yeah, yeah the long guy. He'd kill him. I honestly God, I think he would kill him. And he's like, no, he's yeah, such I'm, an easygoing dog. I've heard I've heard theories about that. Um, and they could be completely false, so that that's my uh, let's hear it. Um, disclaimer on that. But the theory I've heard on that is that they come up and they come to wherever they they're at in their territory, and they bark and then they leave. Like a mailman, they always come up and they bark and they leave. So they think that they're doing it because they're barking and scaring them away. Uh, <laughs> that actually makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. <laughs> so then, in their mind, if I bark, this dude leaves every time. Yeah, that makes so sense, actually. They're they're uh, they're doing something there. You Loopy know? leaves. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> My the guy that does the lawn or the trees and the lawn stuff. He, Rocky, don't like that guy. And like you said, he'll he'll walk away. I got. He will not do our backyard unless I put Rocky inside the garage and lock the door. <laughs> but no, that's true. I never honestly. He is a literal guard dog. Dude. Yeah, I leave. I'll. I don't even mind leaving the side door because Rocky will. Anybody, <laughs> somebody's gonna come back to no, that no, no way. A brain cell. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to be insane to jump inside that part. But anyways, guys, thanks again for watching. And like I said, it's new to the YouTube channel. Go check us out on YouTube now, uh, the MVM Show. And this will be Jordan. This will be the first official video. You're part awesome. of it. This will be yeah, I'm, hopefully I'm glad to be part of the inauguration. Of the- <laughs> YouTube MVM show. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it turns out okay because this is going to be a little bit different aspect of different adding some things in, but I think it will go over really good. And for those of you that want to watch a podcast, there you go. And if some of you, I know some people will put play and play it in the background on YouTube too and listen to it. So gives them more options. We're on Stitcher now. I don't know why I didn't do that sooner, but we're on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, YouTube now, and iTunes. So if you guys want to give us a rating review, go check out Jordan's podcast, Jordan Elliott, on the Duck Gun podcast, and also their YouTube channels, Duck Gun Chronicles and Freelance Duck Hunting. These guys are great friends, and we've become closer and closer just over the last year, year and a half, and it was great to hunt out there with them, and hopefully, again, we'll hook up with them, and appreciate you, Jordan, for coming on and taking some time out of your evening. What do you got planned tomorrow? Heck yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, we're... uh. Man, I tell you what, we we went out scouting last night, and um, we're hunting probably over a thousand honkers in the morning. So, <laughs> I wonder if I could get there quick enough if I took a plane. If I left the, the red eye, could I show up? <laughs> probably, man. We got to spot the blind for you anytime. Oh, man. <laughs> no, we're we're I, trying to I get Jordan out here to shoot his pintails too. We it's been, and I think I I'm almost positive they'll jump it to two next year. I I'll, <laughs> that'd be cool. I'll almost guarantee you that's gonna happen. I've talked to some people that are high up in the the old conservation, the Delta Waterfowl, and they're like really confident it's gonna be going up. So Jordan, awesome. next year, come out yeah, here and man. get some sprigs with some big old pins on them. Yeah, we'll make it happen, man. We gotta we gotta get some more hunts in for sure. That's that's no doubt about that. <laughs> I know we really that was such a that fly was collected was so rushed. We really did not get to do, but it was a it was still a good time, and we I think we learned from it, and I think we got some good stuff in the works. So, awesome. all right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Take care, Jordan.